person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Okay, where is this on your property? Uh, in my backyard. I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually we so terrified of So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're like eight foot. Nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like, like I can't explain it. And big mouth. They're shiny eyes and... And they're not human, they're 100% they're not human. 12 Global Political Dirt Unit. This typical, this It was just me doing a silly voice. Don't worry. We haven't been hijacked by aliens. Yet. But. Following on from our uh, chat last week. Well, last time. Last episode. With Daniel Morrison. Where we had a pretty lengthy discussion. About UFOs. And the. The current. Stuff that's being put out. By the uh, US government. Um, but also, whilst also looking at the stuff that's been put out previously by the US government or the stuff that was put out to each other um, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, um, it's provided us with the lens of which to um, view this stuff through. So I thought it would be worth following up, looking through that lens. Um, two different incidents uh, of note have popped up on in the ufo internet it's worth having a look at him and just sort of digging around on digging around into him and you know seeing uh seeing if we can find anything interesting uh, before we start i i just got to make it perfectly clear my position on this whole topic is that visitors from space some other planet or whatever is the least likely reality of the situation. And I said last episode that uh, I'm, I'm open to the idea of some kind of psychic phenomena being behind some of this stuff, like the orb things in the sky. But I just think there's a lot more credibility to that based on looking at the kind of research that the American government was doing in their their conclusions and their results from those studies. But yeah, that that's a different thing. 
I think actual space being aliens crashing to Earth and uh, roaming free. That you know, there's a chance that it, that there's real that these two these incidents, these people are seeing something. I mean, it seems like it. I just I refuse to even entertain the idea that uh, that it might be space beings. Uh, I think, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, it would be a bit more plausible. But advances in technology, AI, generative AI, large language models, military capability developments over the last few decades, and, and their technology. Oh, combining all this stuff together, I, I think, means any kind of experience that can be deemed like mystical, or like a miracle, or like extraterrestrial, or even interdimensional to an extent, like uh, like something seemingly interdimensional happening, uh, some kind of like I don't know, dancing fucking thing in the sky or something without previously ingesting psychedelics yeah that's not coming from space or another another dimension i think that that you you like like oh shit well, it's never been seen before in the history of everything the second the technology is there to replicate it it shows itself damn these cunning aliens but look this it's not something uh these people aren't seeing like divine visions in uh in these two stories we're going to cover today these people are seeing physical things that they call aliens now i know i said the the voice at the start was fake don't worry and it was i still stand by that but the voice right at the start the 911 call that was real that was a 16 year old boy by the name of angel who's in las vegas and recently a UFO, or he claims, a UFO crash landed in his backyard and there were two uh, aliens in his backyard staring at him. And there's a few things about this that gave it some weight because uh, a few local cops in the area saw something coming down from the sky, burning up in the atmosphere, and then heard a bang. And it was captured on his body cam. And you can see the footage. Although, to me, doesn't look like a UFO crashing. It looks like a flare or something burning up. But this happened. Cops saw that. And then, pretty much straight away, a 911 call came in. The other interesting thing in this, um, that they touched on in this report, is that on Newsweek, recently, before this story broke, they'd had a whistleblower on their show talking about some like covert crash retrieval program and this guy mentions seeing like government vehicles always parked in the street and being under surveillance after making these reports Listen to the rest April of the report. If a family claims something crashed further. in their backyard the video coming out just this week uh, they claim they saw non-human 
It's the way it was described, beings walking around, and whatever it was, it looked right at them, they say. The officers who went to the home also reported seeing a flash in the sky. That's significant. Right before this 911 call came in, uh, here's a look at police body camera video from that night. This might sound like a really dumb question, but did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too. Okay, News Nation correspondent Nancy Liu has more on this. Nancy, um, I got to tell you, the guy just sounded so calm to me. That's what I like. He just he didn't even sound excited, and he was basically saying he's an alien. Now, Newsweek calls that an exclusive report, and I'm not really sure why, because that was only from like a month ago, and this has been reported on in like every other outlet. Interestingly, of note, actually, is no Fox News reporting on this. CNN makes mention of it. Fox News are usually the ones to do, to be all over the reporting. But, uh, you know, ABC, CNN... Many, many different news channels have uh, run this story, but the channel, the mainstream channel, that seems to have brought it to the public's attention, was the local news station, News 8, in Las Vegas. And, hey, what do you know? A member of the news team at News 8 in Las Vegas is George Knapp. The, uh, we touched on a bit last time. He's the reporter that has broke a lot of the alien-type stories over the decades and uh, is involved with a place called Skinwalker Ranch and doing uh, writing a big thing about that too. Um, so let's hear their report. Southern Nevada is abuzz tonight with stories about the crash of an unknown object and the alleged sighting of strange creatures in the backyard of a Northwest Valley home. So it was last night that 8 News Now investigator David Charns reported about how Metro Police responded back on May 1st after receiving a strange call from a very frightened family. Well, our report generated a global response and now piecing together the sequence of events has been kind of tricky in part because the primary witnesses have been almost as elusive as the beings they say they encountered. Chief Investigator George Knapp is as perplexed as the rest of us, George. As you know, this is not our first UFO rodeo. We first heard about the incident in early May via the Metro Police grapevine. The incident has a lot in common with other bizarre cases from around the world, an alleged crash, strange beings, and bits and pieces that don't make sense. But the police took this seriously, and so do we. Just before midnight on April 30th, sky watchers across several western states saw a bright fireball streak through the heavens. A police officer... It's either tiny, it looks like it burns out before it like reaches the horizon, but it's either, it's either big and really far away or tiny and burns out before it hits the ground. That's what it looks like. In the Northwest Valley, caught a glimpse of the colorful object on his body cam. At nearly the same time, a ring camera in the area recorded a strange noise and what sounds like a crash. 
One family living in a ranch-style home had a much closer view of the object. Two brothers and their father were working on a vehicle in their yard when they caught a glimpse of a sparkly object as it came crashing down, then were hit by what they describe as a shockwave. One of the witnesses, a young man named Angel, has stated when the brothers looked into the yard where the object landed, that spot was obscured and blurry, as if by unknown form of camouflage. What they saw next prompted a frantic call to 911. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're like okay. eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like, like I can't explain it, and big mouth. They're shiny eyes, and, and they're not human. They're 100% they're not human. Eight News Now investigators have spoken with family members multiple times in the past four weeks, but each of the three times we accepted their invitation to do an interview, they didn't answer the door or their phone. These are some of the claims they've made in other public forums. Multiple family members backed up the story in an initial police report we obtained. Angel says they heard the patter of multiple feet in the yard. They later heard footsteps on their roof. They saw one of the eight-foot-tall creatures climb behind the controls of a large front loader stored in the yard as if trying to engage it. He got a good look. So while he was just saying that whole last bit there, we're looking at drone footage of these people's backyard and then the areas he's talking about are being circled. Their roof, the forklift here. There's uh, another report from eight use where they show body cam footage of the cop going into the backyard and it's all blacked out so they don't show any of the backyard they show him opening the door but once the door opens where the door is is just is just like blacked out a police walk into the backyard to investigate but metro blacked out that part of the video because it's considered private property yeah that's kind of weird but uh no point dwelling on it the other strange thing uh from that reporting. Eight News Now investigators have spoken with family members multiple times in the past four weeks, but each of the three times we accepted their invitation to do an interview, they didn't answer the door or their phone. Right, so that's weird. So why aren't they answering the door or their phone when they're, when they've organized to chat to the journalists? Most of the news reports also mention this. These people said they saw some SUV circling the area. Could this, have, could this have been some piece of equipment that malfunctioned? Maybe they saw something and then someone came, I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> someone came and Picked retrieved it, it from the backyard <laughs> right. in the SUV, we don't know. So apparently being staked out by government men in black types um, as well, it's reported. Uh, and when, when it comes to these news reports, now this kid, didn't do any, did, did it like a podcast, like a random podcast, like a UFO podcast and spoke about it. Um, didn't show up to speak to any of the actual media about it. So when the media talk about it, it's just from the transcribed 911 calls and then also from a video that the kid uploaded himself. He's uploaded this video to a YouTube channel. I'm guessing he created um it's only ever had this one video on it it's called alien society 51 
and and it's just it's just got this it's got about 20k um followers uh it's one v- video taken from this kid where he's just talking into a camera explaining the event um in, 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 without a journalist there hello everybody welcome to my channel this is my first video i'm here to tell you what happened to me on may 1st 2023 i'm trying to explain the best of my abilities this is not a conspiracy theory i'm not making this story out for cloud or fame I just want to tell you what happened to me and my family. And I know some people are not going to believe this, but each person is different. So this is what happened to me. Keep in mind, this is midnight and I'm fixing a truck in my backyard. At this point, I'm only with my brother and I hear something fall from the sky. I turn around. The only thing I, I see is a big light falling from the sky. And moments after, I feel a big impact and a, and a bang, sort of like a big impact fall. And me and my brother looked at each other, and we were scared, but, the, but when that impact happened, it was sort of like a shockwave, like an out-of-body experience. So to say, when I tried to look at the object, it was all blurry, not my vision, but only the backyard area. And I hear thousands of footsteps around me and maybe a couple seconds later, the blurriness was gone. And here's, here's the footage of the body, the police officer's body cam. And here's the object I'm, the object I'm referring to, the light. Green camera video, you can hear the bang. This is around the neighborhood. So here's the video. And this video turned out to be not from the same day. Interesting. Something falling from the sky and a big bang from one of his neighbours, but it's from about two weeks prior. So when that happened, the only thing I can see in the backyard is a tall creature, probably around eight, ten feet tall, very thin. So I called my dad. He went to the backyard and he saw the same thing, the same creature I saw. He told me to go inside the house. At this point, we all freaking out, me and my family. And here's the video where we were in the backyard area. You can see, you cannot see it too good, but on camera, but it's there. You, you, you can't see anything interesting on that video. Me and my brother went to go pick up my tools. Then my brother calls me and he told, he told me shakingly, look behind the forklift. So I look, keep in mind I'm facing the forklift and then I see the alien creature. So when I saw it, it was a tall, skinny, lengthy creature. He was a gray, greenish color. And when I looked at it in the eyes, my body just froze. Like the same way, the same experience as having sleep paralysis. Keep in mind, I'm staring at him and I look at his whole body and he has a weird looking feet and a big face and eyes and you can see a big mouth. And and I I could hear his loud, deep breathing, and I could see his stomach moving. He would just stare at me. Seconds later, I could start moving again. And I start running towards the house. That's when I call 911, and here I'm waiting for the police to come, and you could hear footsteps in the backyard area. And a loud whispering, like you could hear whisperings. We were in, we were in the living room area, and you could hear, you could hear footsteps on the roof. So we waited a little bit for the police. When they arrived, 
they told me what I told them what I saw and they were kind of freaked out. One of the officers pointed at the floor and it was a perfect circle. Here's a photo of the circle I'm referring to. Some online sleuths um, after the fact here looked up his house on Google Earth and saw that, that circle imprint was actually in the backyard uh, a year prior. Keep in mind, two officers came in my house and one of them started running to his car, driving around the neighborhood, asking passing cars if they saw a light. Now we're walking the front yard, then the other officer came here. So they left and we went inside the house and we started praying. As we're praying, you can hear a loud human-like scream in the backyard. This is what happened to me on May 1st, 2023. I hope you guys kind of understand what happened to me. I know it's hard to believe, but I saw what I saw and it's kind of going viral. That's why I'm here to explain the story. I did an interview with journalist Doc Papa. I'm gonna put his video in the description. I'm going to make a part two of the stuff that happened after May 1st and thank you for watching the video. And he never made a part two. It's been two months and there's been no update to this YouTube channel. But he mentioned there that he uh, he had an, an interview with a, a journalist called Doug Popper. And this Doug Popper guy, he's just like a small, like independent um, journalist type. He's a former police officer and he just focuses on corruption within the police in the Las Vegas area. And he got, he got involved in this one because he's got contacts inside and he was tipped off to the 911 call straight away and he had access to those call logs. And so he managed to uh, interview this guy straight away before the media picked any of the story up. I, yeah, I find it interesting. So there's a few extra details in there that isn't spoken about on the media reports. So they heard something crash and then there was just an area of his yard that was blurry. It wasn't his eyes. It was like, it was like the yard was blurry. And then he said they just heard footsteps all around and then went inside and they could hear footsteps on the roof. Then they heard a human scream and it disappeared. Okay. The other thing is that he's reading from a script. I don't think there's any question about it because he flips the... It's obviously on his phone or whatever. The same thing is filming off. But he's, you know, every couple of paragraphs he's reaching over and flipping the page and continuing on. So, you know, it makes me think like, did, some, did someone help him write this script? Why did someone help him write this script? Why did someone get him to make this video when he's not speaking to the news? And they're not speaking to the, they're not doing interviews with the media. But it seems like to me what's happened is someone has helped him write a script and encouraged him to create this Alien Society 51 YouTube channel and upload this video. So his interviews with this Doug Papa guy uh, are interesting. Um, just kind of goes over the stuff that, the, the main points, uh, just the stuff he mentioned in this video here. But uh, he did a, a follow-up, like a third or fourth follow-up, where he went back to the house and he wanted to speak to the neighbours, um, but he ended up having a chat with this kid in person and he uploaded the... Uh, the interview, and there's something interesting on that. He's got a message at the start of this one saying, 8 News Now did not break the story. 
regardless of the fact that they are being credited worldwide with doing so. Independent investigative journalist Doug Popper on the Doug Popper podcast YouTube channel broke this story on May 22 in episode 142 with follow-ups in episode 143, 144, and 145. Hey, Doug. My name's Doug Popper. I'm a journalist. Uh, I'd like to talk to you. Are you the guys that called in something fell from the sky May 1st? Would you be willing to talk to me? Well, I talked to the uh, the people who called in the complaint on May 1st, 12.30 in the morning, reference to something falling out of the sky. Yeah, there's some. We just got to keep the information under a lock right now. So we just got to keep that information under a bit of a lock right now. Okay. Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. He's on the the kid. He's on the phone, and the phone's on loud speak. Can you get his plate? Okay, that's weird because this is like some like Spanish or Portuguese family or something, and that's an American, straight up American voice. Can you get his plate? I find this very intriguing. So if she's asking, can you get his plates? Then we'd have to assume that she's government or she's got some kind of access to like government, you know, records or like uh, directories to be able to look up a license plate and figure out who it is. But then if it was a cop, like a local cop, they would know Doug Popper. Hmm. Very curious. All right, we'll continue. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on. Okay. Uh, did you see something fall from the sky? Okay. We're, we're at the house now. Can you tell me where it was, where you saw it fall from? What, 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 they said about 12.30 in the morning on May 1st. It was around 12 o'clock. I saw it at 12 o'clock. You know, I saw something fall from the sky, something weird activity. What did you hear? You know, I don't want to really don't, don't want to get into this mess, but what, what did you hear? Heard. Um, when they came out, were they professional? Were they, did, they, did they handle everything correctly, you think, when they came out? They did not. They didn't? No, the first cops, no. What, what, did, what didn't they do? I told them what happened. They, they got scared and they left. They what? They got scared and they left. Um, is that basically what, what happened that night? That's nothing what happened, you know. I don't want to talk too much about it, but it's something, you know. Um, we can talk in private if you want. Um, about the phones or, you know. I know you guys... But I can talk to you in private. Did somebody tell you not? Did any other? Let me ask you this: Did any other journalist come out here and talk to you since this happened? Any other reporter? No, just a news reporter. I said. Just a news reporter? Who was it? Which one? What news? I can uh, They told me not to say. They told you not to say anything. They told me not to say. Was that recently, or was that like after this thing happened? Uh, recently, like a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago, from Vegas, a Vegas reporter. From Vegas, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay. What? So a news reporter from Vegas told him not to say anything else about this to anyone. It's not like they're you know, trying to keep the exclusive story to themselves. No one broke the story for another month. The next day since they left, did anybody from any government organization come back here and talk to you about anything? Not the gov, just saw some, you know, couple of government stuff, but that's about it. They never talked to me. He asks, does anyone... From the government spoken to you and without batting an eyelid he says or he goes to say not the government but he stops himself and then he says yes the government 
not the gov, just saw some, you know, couple of government stuff, but that's about it. They never talk to me. Fuck. What is this? Something's going on here. Something, something is... He's being coached by someone, someone from some kind of like organization or agency or something. And they're telling him not to speak to the media and not, not speak about the incident. And then, it, I mean, it, it, it seems like they have written a script with him and got him to record his version of events himself and upload it. They didn't talk to you? How do you know they were government? I saw the plate. I just have a phone. Just turn off the phone. I'll, I'll tell you everything. Just turn off the phone. I'm sorry. You don't, want me, to, you don't want me to record you. Okay. Really doesn't want to be recorded. And he's clearly in communication with someone. So Doug Popper's turned off the camera. And, uh, and then the, the rest uh, of his video is just text and him explaining um, any further details. So he goes on to write that they informed him that they're under police video surveillance and that the police had installed a camera system uh, in their backyard. And he's included pictures of that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's what it appears to be. But this is the only guy talking about this other weird stuff in detail and this was a big story but over time some stuff started getting confirmed and, and some stuff started getting questioned so uh, i mean we spoke about most of it already but like nasa confirmed that there was in fact some kind of meteorite or something reported um at that time that was the same thing that the cops picked up on the body cams and that other cops saw and what happened at that exact same time after this thing crashed which you know, I've seen it from uh, multiple angles, videos of this thing from multiple angles. Does not look like a, a craft. If that was like some kind of like, you know, ship or something falling out of the sky and crashed, there would not be anything alive to escape it. Presumably it's fallen from space. Uh, it was weird that it was green. But, you know, also that's not that weird depending on the chemical makeup of whatever's burning up but you know that did that did happen to me it looks like it fizzes out before it even reaches the ground it looks like it was way off in the distance or tiny but uh but it did happen and at the same time there was this 911 call from this kid claiming to see these this thing these things in his backyard who then apparently it scared, it scared them too much. The cops came and the cops got scared and the cops left. And so they went inside and they could hear footsteps all around them and on footsteps on the roof. And, uh, and then they started praying, of course. His name's Angel, after all. And, uh, and Jesus saved them by making it shriek like a human woman and disappear. So, you know, the kid there makes this report, talks about, shows in the, or mentions that the police pointed out the circle on the floor, doesn't mention that that had been there for at least a year prior, then uh, agrees to speak to journalists twice, they come, the family doesn't even open the door for him. This other journalist does a bit of reporting initially, it gets picked up everywhere else, he goes to follow up, speaks to this kid, 
who has someone on speaker, not a family member, asking him to give her Doug Papert guy's plates, presumably so she can run a check on him and see who he is. Then he asks, starts asking about the event, which he'd interviewed him a couple times about already. You know, this, guy, this kid knows who he is. In this, in this video he uploaded of himself, he mentions that he'd been speaking to this Doug Popper guy. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's trying to keep the details under wrap. And then, keeps, and then asks him several times. Says, I don't want to say anything on camera. I'm not talking on camera. Turn your phone off. I'll tell you everything. Then goes and releases this statement, which is obviously written, pre-written and spliced in bits of footage with it as well. And now in this report, he's meant, he mentions the circle. Doesn't mention that it had been around for at least a year prior. He also shows, includes um, footage from a neighbouring house showing a large explosion and a, and a big bang and something falling from the sky. But it turns out that was actually from two weeks prior. Not the same thing, even though he claims it is in the video. But, you know, it, he could have just been told it was. You know, he might not be being dishonest about that. He himself doesn't actually say they created that circle. He just said the police noticed the circle on the ground. They then claim that the police installed a camera in their backyard after the event. That was confirmed. So it was... So um, Mr. Popper managed to dig up that it was the LVMPD, the Las Vegas Police Department, Homeland Security Division, that um, put him under surveillance. Curiously, it was Assistant Sheriff Sasha Larkin um, who, who acted alone when authorizing the video surveillance system on the home of these people. And this Sasha Larkin it commands the Homeland Security Division. She also commands Special Operations Division. Lots of questions. I wish I had something more to, to wrap this one up with, but uh, no, that's where we are. Just weird. As Mr. Doug Popper said in his June most uh, recent comment corner, on this whole said, uh, update, case. Uh, the Vegas alien incident stinks worse than the Gowanus Canal. I mean, he might sound like Jesse Ventura, but I, I like this guy. He's a good guy. <sighs> so, that's weird. I guess uh, the only thing I have further to say on that is, like, it is in Las Vegas. It's in Nevada. About 80Ks from Area 51. And, you know, this, this sort of chain of, of uh, military bases where they work on, like, experimental crafts and, and things that people might not have seen before that fly through the sky. So you always have to take that into consideration too. Yeah, there's, there's more to this. Absolutely. Like starting this YouTube channel, Alien Society 51. That's weird. Who's she talking? Who's he talking to on the phone? Why is the commander of the special operations division uh, acting alone to install police video surveillance on their home. And then they did explain that it's for the safety of the family to protect them from UFO nutjobs coming to their house wanting to look around for aliens.
which I guess kind of checks out. So, that's the Las Vegas alien incident from May this year. Now over to a bit of a more recent incident. Uh, unfortunately, not in an English-speaking country. So we're going to start with some breaking news. Breaking news. This village in Peru, they claim they're under attack by aliens. Aliens, or Pelicaro, uh, have been implicated in attacks in the, in the indigenous community of Loreto, question mark. Uh, it goes on, it says, Anthony Choi confirms that in the Amazon, there is a presence of non-human beings. In recent days, Loreto has been the scene of paranormal and mysterious events. An ongoing alien invasion in South America. Yep, that's right, I said it. It seems ridiculous to say. However, this has been all over the international news. It's been all over Twitter. It has been all over the damn place. Reports coming out of Peru, uh, specifically a village in uh, South America along the Amazon River where a some villagers are encountering apparent extraterrestrial beings. Now, we don't know if this is true or not, but there are stories coming out, and there is an article in The Sun today. The Ikitu tribe claim they have suffered repeat attacks by aliens. They have called for assistance from the Peruvian military and started conducting their own night patrols to protect vulnerable villagers. Armored creatures reportedly attacked a teenage girl. The supposed encounters reported by the villagers are in addition to the long list of unconfirmed claims to support the existence of aliens and alleged UFO sightings that have taken over social media. However, the people of the Peru village are backing their claim up with specific details that are absolutely spine-tingling. Armored alien attacks teen girl in Peru. The claims about aliens are made by the people residing in one of the districts of Minas province in Peru, known as Alto Nanai, reports The Sun. They reportedly claim that a 15-year-old girl was attacked by one of the monsters that allegedly slashed her neck. The villagers described the armored aliens to look like predators, about seven foot tall with large heads, yellow eyes. Yellow eyes. The people reported witnessing beings that can allegedly disappear at will, and when the hunters supposedly fired on the unconfirmed creatures, they appeared to be immune to man-made weapons. The alleged situation in Peru is suggested to be a case of mass hysteria, with some claiming that they resemble the Palacara, which are reportedly creatures from folklore that eat humans. Fucking epic. Fucking epic news report. This one's just from... Well, this article was from yesterday that I just read out. But uh, it's been about the last week. So just four hours ago, Jerusalem Post. Seven-foot aliens attack Peruvian tribe. Cops probe claims villagers being terrorized by predator-style aliens after girl has neck slashed by mystery beast. That's the sun. Daily Mail. Terrified Peruvian villagers claim they are under attack from seven-foot-tall aliens dubbed face peelers as they plead with authorities to send backup. It was three days ago. Two days ago. Terrified Peruvian villagers, quotation marks, under attack from seven-foot-tall aliens with really creepy name.
but I think the most striking difference uh, between this Peru one and the Las Vegas one <clears throat> is the network around it, because this one's been jumped on by uh, UFO influencers, I guess, to a whole corner of the internet that I'm not clicked into, which is like American Christian media. The last, so, so the last guy was, this, it was obviously, they were a deeply religious family, angel, you know, and they were praying and all that. But this like UFO cryptid, uh, like slash religious conspiracy world, I, I had never come across before. I first noticed it looking through Twitter as this stuff was sort of unfolding and, and, uh, you know, spreading and this, I'd seen this YouTube clip shared in comments, um, you know, like an hour or something long. It's like a podcast, I think. You know, people seem to be, you know, treating it as like, this is the one, this is the one to listen to about this. So after I saw it a few times, I thought, all right. And I was introduced to a guy that I have never come across before. He's ridiculous. He's not like a caricature in like the, the way, like how he holds, holds himself and whatever, but he's like a caricature of a, imagine the series, uh, Entourage, if anyone's familiar with that, the, the guy, the main car character, forget his name, his older brother, was it Bravo, Johnny Bravo, something like that, maybe? Imagine him, imagine him, a little bit younger, about 10 years younger, being cast as Indiana Jones. But imagine that guy was in, was actually real life, and he was basically just Graham Hancock, but really into the Bible. <laughs> That's the best way to describe this guy. And I watched, uh, yeah, I watched this interview for a bit and I couldn't, he sounds real, but there's just, there's just something weird about it. And then I realized that he's playing to a religious crowd and his whole thing is like this unexplained history stuff, you know, whether it's organic or not, his role that he fits is like red pilling Christians, good good Christians. Like this isn't uh, your militia Alex Jones Christian types. <laughs> you know, this is like good Christians. Interesting that there's no crossover with this guy and like any like established researchers in the vein of research that he's in. Crossover stuff that he does is with like Bible prophecy type stuff. So at this point in the recording, I'm a couple of days forward from where I was when we started talking about this Peru stuff. And more stuff's coming out. And this stuff, I uh, started coming out when I first started on this Peru bit. And this guy, his name's Tim Alberino. This Tim Alberino chap has done a follow-up. Excited to break this down today and talk about what's, what are the reports that are coming out of Peru so we can inform our listeners about, about what's happening as you kind of sift through all the reports and how this might relate to some other things that have happened in the past. Well, you know, it's weird. I've kind of inadvertently become the, the Amazon jungle alien guy. I, sh I recorded an impromptu video with my friend, my friend Doug Thornton the other night. We were just having a casual conversation about some videos, I, and I called him. I said, hey, have you seen these videos? And we're talking about it. And we just said, hey, you know what? We should probably just turn the cameras on and record this conversation because uh, it's pretty crazy what's going on down there. And, and that video went viral. So I guess I'll just embrace my new identity as the alien jungle guy. Hey, but we, we already, we already, like we said, we already felt that way about you. You guys embraced that a long time yeah. ago, so I'm just catching up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I lived in the area, obviously. I dropped out of high school when I was 18. I moved to the Amazon, as your audience well knows. I spent a decade living in Peru. Much of the time was in that precise region of the jungle. 
and in and in general around the Iquitos area where this incident happened. And because we're short on time, I'm just going to dive into it and try and lay out as much of the details as I can. You guys can just interject whenever you want. Yeah. But this incident that everybody knows about now it took place in the village of San Antonio. This village is inhabited by the Iquitu tribe. Uh, it's in the district of Alto Nanay, which is northwest of Iquitos. And this is squarely in the Amazon jungle, very intense jungle. I can attest to that. Lots of malaria. I've had it a few times up in that area. Uh, the incident occurred. It's been ongoing. It started in mid-July and it's been running through at least the first week of August. And it, it what, what, what kicked this whole scenario off, apparently, allegedly, a 15-year-old girl from the village was abducted by strange beings in the jungle. Uh, she was able to break free from them and run back to the village. She sustained lacerations to her neck during the altercation with these entities. You can see pictures and video for online. She's got these cuts in her neck, and she's, they bandaged her neck up, and you can clearly see the blood. And when the villagers found her, she was in a state of shock. And, in, and indeed, in some of the videos, she's still in a state of shock, very clearly in a state of shock in those videos. So in response to this, the villagers started to run through the jungle looking for the perpetrators, presumably thinking that they were human beings trying to kidnap one of the teenagers from their village. Instead, what they found was what they're describing as extraterrestrial beings that, that have been terrorizing their village subsequent to this incident with the, with the 15-year-old girl. These entities have been terrorizing this village for several weeks. I don't know if it's ongoing now, but it certainly was happening in the last three, four weeks. The villagers say that they've not been sleeping. They've been having to uh, take turns staying up at night to try and fend off these, again, what they're describing as extraterrestrial assailants, invaders. And they, they demanded officially, they made an official request for the intervention of the Navy. Hmm. And the Navy did show up on scene. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's describe the beings, or rather, let me describe for you what the what these natives are saying about the beings. They are saying that these entities are seven foot tall. They're arrayed in silver armored bodysuits. They're likening them to the Green Goblin from Spider-Man. And what they mean by that is they say that the beings are wearing masks and they have these, these armored bodysuits like the Green Goblin, but they're not green, they're silver. They're saying that their shoes have discs on the bottom that project a red light with which they are able to float off the ground about a meter, they say. So rather than running through the forest, these entities are floating through the forest, a meter off the ground, and they have the ability to ascend into the air. Okay. Interesting choice of words. I've, re I've read pretty much all the news reports and watched all the news reports and people talking about the news reports about this, and uh, I've never heard anyone use the word ascend to describe them, just like float and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know. It could be, you know, a Jesus thing. Anyway. They'll start, the villagers will start shooting at them. They'll disappear, like, like in the Predator movie. They can still kind of see them there, or they'll just ascend into the air via these discs on their shoes. This is what the villagers are saying. They're also saying, and I think when they say this part, they're, they're referencing past occurrences, that these entities, who they call pelacaras, sometimes appear in hoods, they're dressed in cloaks and hoods, and they stalk around the villages and they abduct people. This relates to the legend of the Pelacaras. Pelacara means face peeler. 
the Pelacaras, according to, to the legend, abduct and mutilate people from the villages in the Amazon, specifically the Peruvian Amazon, much like the cattle mutilations in the United States. So we're all familiar with the pictures and videos of the cattle mutilations where the, these cattle are mysteriously mutilated in a way that is that is extremely precise, almost as if a laser was used, laser preci precision. Their tissue is removed, their eyeballs are removed, their, sometimes their, uh, their anuses are removed with, with laser pre precision, their, the, the sides of their faces are removed. I've seen cattle mutilations. All of the flesh on the face of the cow is gone so that you only can see the white, uh, the white uh, cranial structure of the animal. And uh, many other, there's many other details relating to the cattle mutilations that are common with the phenomenon. And this very same thing is what these pelacadas are doing to people, not cattle, but human beings in the jungle. I love it. I love the, uh, these master, master precision kidnapping surgeon aliens have great respect for the greatest country in the fucking world. And they just mutilate the cattle there, but they go get those fucking savages in Peru. They like to fucking eat their faces off. Uh, and I, I showed a video which has been making its rounds on the internet since I published my video. I showed this video of an individual who's being pulled out of, well, let me back up. I'm not sure if this, if this incident is related to the Pelacaras, but it, it did happen this year. And there really, nobody really knows the context of this particular video, but in the video, which I have on my YouTube channel, which is on my, which is in my video, which I'm probably going to have to blur, by the way. So if you want to see this, you can go see, you should go see it very quickly. You may find it blurred by the time you get over there, because I realized uh, that YouTube has a policy against um, uh, depicting dead bodies. So, and that video is over 700,000 uh, views at this point. So I'm going to go and try and stop it from getting taken down and getting a strike on my YouTube channel. But you can find it elsewhere on the internet. There's this man who the police and a coroner are carrying from the side of a river and this individual his face is missing his his face is gone it's just it's just bleached white bone and he has and some people are saying it's piranhas could it be piranhas yes piranha, piranhas are, are capable of doing that certainly but what's very strange about this video is you'll notice if you see the video that there is mm -hmm. his, his face has like been surgically removed it does not look like it was the action of carnivorous fish uh, there's a there seems to be a, a surgical cut around his neck that is very precise and it's very smooth, mm -hmm. which would again be very, would be unusual, would be atypical of piranhas or any other kind of predatory uh, deprivation. And this did happen, this incident did happen this year. I think it happened about a month and a half prior to the, the incident with this village in San Antonio in the Alto Nanay. And, but it did happen in the same region, not exactly the same village, but in the same general region, the state of Loreto, which is where Iquitos is located. And it's important to note that this incident with the Iquitu tribe is not happening in isolation. Over the last month or two, let's just say in 2023 this year, there's been about a dozen very anomalous things that have been happening in this region of the jungle. Uh, so all kinds of UFO sightings, which is very common there. I've had them myself in this area. But even reports of UFOs harming, attacking a group of teenagers, it's very difficult to find details about this story, but they're out there on the internet of these individuals who claim that, that they were attacked by UFO, that the UFO projected some sort of a beam at them and even tried to lift them off the ground, and they have injuries and so forth. And there's been sightings of strange beings in this area this year, so there's a lot of 
high strangeness happening in this region of the Amazon, ongoing and that has been occurring for the duration of this year, since, since 2023, let's say. And so, as I said, this incident is not happening in, in isolation. And so to wrap up this, the details of this incident, the Navy did show up and the police to, do an, to conduct an investigation. They were on site. And because it got, it got picked up in the, in the mainstream media in Peru, and by the way, the media was covering it in a very serious, grave manner. They were not joking about it. Um, it was, I was very surprised, actually, how serious the coverage was regarding this inf- incident in the Peruvian media. And so the Navy showed up on scene, they conducted an investigation, and they concluded recently, after conducting their, after conducting their quote-unquote investigation, they concluded that, that the intruders are not extraterrestrials, but rather these are miners, illegal miners who are mining for gold in the rivers, who are attempting to drive this tribe away from the area because the tribe has legal right to this area. They're trying to drive them out so that they can mine in the river around, around the, the village and, and in the general area. Is, that is the point that I was, uh, that I was getting at before, saying that, that uh, there's something that just started coming out as I was uh, finishing up recording on this last night when I sort of just started this Peru bit. But uh, I'll read um, the first news report that came out. It was a Peruvian news, but I, I've translated it with um, Google Translate. They weren't aliens. They were illegal miners. Public Ministry revealed the investigation it carried out on a Loreto community in which dozens denounced being attacked by strange beings at night. According to information from the prosecutor's office, it would be illegal miners who intended to cause fear to commit their illegal activities without any, any impediment. As recalled, after citizens denounced the appearance of aliens in the Amazon, very close to the Nanai River, authorities went to the area to verify the offense, events described and recorded by members of the community. In the videos, horrifying scenes were shown in which the population of the area, including children, had to defend themselves from the appearance of strange beings that rose or were masked. The episodes occurred at night and did not allow them to rest. He also stated that there are foreign mafias that are dedicated to the illegal extraction of gold that operate in different towns in the Loreto area. In addition, he narrated that the alleged subjects responsible for the attack use high-tech equipment such as jetpacks that allow them to rise and descend in the air. This verifies the version of a teacher who witnessed an attempted kidnapping of the miner and described what was mentioned above. Illegal miners from Brazil and Colombia search for gold in the Peruvian jungle. Currently, they pollute rivers by using chemicals, which causes the death of many living beings. So, it was gold miners, allegedly. No one's been arrested. And they were wearing jetpacks on their feet. Tim Marino here doesn't, isn't buying this story for a second. But I'm not buying it either. Uh, well, I mean, I'll say one thing. Keeping it on on theme, and um, if we cross-reference the area with you know, subject uh, matter from the recent past on this podcast, the IM uh, activity, they've actively targeted Peru, in particular the jungle area, and they're, I've mentioned, you know, getting into the sort of like shamanic ceremony space and they are really into gold mining apparently this is a very limited resources that there are about these guys i've heard it mentioned several people that they have interests in gold mining so there's that
wait a minute, these things are floating off the ground. These things are, mm-hmm. are there's behaviors here that are obviously beyond the capabilities of a Peruvian illegal miners. And so what is the, what is the response from the Navy, from the, from, the, from the police in the Navy in Peru? Oh, the miners have jetpacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the miners are, <laughs> wow. the miners are flying around with jetpacks and drones and are attempting to terrorize and drive away the Iquitu people inhabiting this region. Obviously preposterous, mm. preposterous. I mean, I, I just can't believe that they're pushing, they're actually pushing this narrative. Now, I should also say, before I completely wrap up, I should also say that there's video online and in my video on YouTube of the, the villagers running around at nighttime with flashlights, firing into the jungle, discharging their weapons into the jungle, they're obviously very disturbed, very distraught. They're in a state of panic and terror. All the women and children are huddled in the middle of the village while the men are running around the outskirts trying to ward off these, again, in their words, extraterrestrial intruders. And they're flashing their lights into the trees around their village. And in some of these videos, I'm going to contend that you can clearly see tall, gray aliens. No, you can't. Like... I'll take a break before we segue into this. They look very much like what we saw in the Vegas incident. The footage is is clear enough to where you can actually see them moving their heads around. And they're kind of up behind a tree. So either they're floating there or they're sitting in the tree in this particular video. And I looked at I looked closely at this video yesterday and I noticed that there were there was there wasn't just one. There was actually two or three grouped together up there. And you can see their almond shape. No, you definitely cannot. Noticed that you could even see the glare of the flashlight off of their eyes. Look, I shine. So something is there, okay? These, these villagers are being terrorized by something real. This is not some sort of a psychosis. Uh, this is not typical behavior. They are definitely 100% in a state of terror. And as I said, very distraught. So that's it in a nutshell. Like right off the bat, Tim, it reminds me of a story that we interviewed uh, John Redbird Dover on our podcast. He came on the show. So that's the first time we've heard this. Oh, yes. And I've heard uh, from Robert Fleischman, the original singer with Journey, who told me at my birthright conference that he had an encounter with gray aliens. And shout out to Robert Fleischman if he's listening to this. Whoa. There's a lot there. We'll have to press on, unfortunately. He had an encounter with gray aliens and the very same thing. They float. They were floating at him. Mm-hmm. They came. They emerged out of a vessel, out of a craft that came up out of the ocean and they were chasing him, but they weren't running. They were floating. What? The lead singer from Journey. So this is consistent with many, 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 many stories uh, that have come forward over the decades regarding gray aliens specifically. Yeah. And I remember in the Vegas incident, they were talking about how big they were and they were tall. I see three events here that are connected in my mind. We have obviously this, this incident in, in Peru with the Iquitu tribe in the village of San Antonio. We have the Vegas incident that occurred the last night of May this year. And then we have the story that Phil Schneider tells about his altercation with these very same entities as he was employed on the construction of a deep underground military base at Dulce and Los Alamos National Laboratory which is famously known as the Dulce Wars, by the way. This sort of kicked off the Dulce Wars, this, this incident that Schneider talks about. So you have three incidents that are seemingly disparate, disconnected, but what unites these incidents is the description of the beings. Now, I want you to understand that whenever somebody encounters something terrifying, something so outside of the realm of normalcy, there's going to be confabulation when they describe 
entities. If you encounter something briefly, you see something that's beyond the scope of what's normal for you, and then you try and recall the encounter afterwards, your mind will confabulate details uh, that you think should be there, but maybe we're not. And what I mean by that is, I believe that the entities that were encountered in the Vegas incident, which I'm leaning towards that being real, by the way, I, I don't know, I can't be 100% sure, but I lean in the direction that that was an authentic encounter with non-human entities. The description of those entities was that they were very tall. I think they were confabulating 10 feet tall. I think the entities were in fact seven, and I have a reason for believing that. They were about seven feet tall, and I think that they were gray aliens, large gray aliens. And again, I have a reason for believing that. Mm. And I'm telling you, it looks precisely like the one that it was captured on video in the Amazon. It's the same thing. It, let's call it a species. It's the same species. What I saw, I made a determination based on the size of the head and the forklift that, that, that this being was not 10 foot tall, rather it was more like seven foot tall with a very large head. And I think- So, that's what the Christians think. We sort of, you know, hypothesized or sort of tried to lay out the reasons why last time something smells about all this UFO stuff, the official stuff from the government. There is, seems to be something legitimately happening. There also seems to be something not happening and a push to focus on the things that are actually not happening rather than the other event. Both these incidents coincided with, which was uh, the first one, the Vegas incident, was Newsweek uh, interviewing the whistleblower, talking about a, a crash retrieval program. Uh, and then the Peru one coinciding with that same whistleblower talking about that same program to Congress in public. Apparently, there's been a few private conversations as well. This seems to be a distraction from that to keep the ones that are to maybe perhaps keep a target audience distracted. These people aren't talking about that either. But these people are seeing something. So... What's going on with that? Something that seems beyond um, what would technologically make sense for illegal jungle gold miners. They're definitely being described as floating and not making noise. Jetpacks make a fucking shit ton of noise. So that doesn't make any sense. What's going on there for starters? There's a few potentials for what it could be. You know, uh, there's been talk of, like, Ch the Chinese having developed some kind of, like, anti-gravity thing, and there's some, like, substance to that, because there's, like, an anti-gravity researcher that apparently discovered anti-gravity working for the U.S. government, then disappeared um, and allegedly went to China. But there's, like, sort of such things around that. She's still got a company in the United States and might have to do a whole episode on that at some point, because that's very interesting. And... Reading up on that stuff uh, introduced me to another whole new conspiracy world that I'd never come across before, and that is the anti-gravity conspiracy world. Uh, but we might have to cover this person's story because it's interesting. But, you know, we don't know for sure. There's no documents that show that, like, you know, this kind of tech is, is, is actually legitimate and being used by anyone um, that could explain, like, this UFO sightings or whatever. There was some claims made. There was claims of like a crash retrieval program that's been operating for decades, recovering stuff. I tend to believe that, and I'll tell you why in a sec. 
but they, this was presented at this at this hearing, but with no evidence. And the, even the whistle whistleblower, quote unquote, who was saying it, you know, it's not it's not even something he's seen. It's just something he's heard about. It's very weird to have this big song and dance about this when that is the that is the crux of it. A secondhand account from a former intelligence officer, which we've had some more weight to it one day, should have a bit more weight to it, but doesn't because every single one of these fucking avenues we've we've looked down is like got some kind of shady intelligence officer talking bullshit at the center of it. But we do have interesting, so yeah, we have alongside this hearing, we have these two encounters with alleged aliens. Both of these encounters claim from the witnesses, or the first guy, the angel guy, he said that they, he, he could see something, like it wasn't there, but it was. It was just like blurry. It wasn't like his vision was blurry. Like he could tell something was there, but also you couldn't see anything. And we had the same thing from the uh, Peruvians saying that they would just like disappear, but you could still kind of see them, but they'd disappear. And then the other interesting uh, oddity is that Peru once there were allegedly miners had like some kind of devices on their feet where they could fly, uh, ascension devices, as 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 Tim Alberino called it. The government has come out and uh, done this investigation and determined that it was illegal gold miners claimed they were wearing jetpacks. Let's look at that first. I don't. So I don't know. I just find I find it weird. I find it weird that they have put it out that it's jetpacks. I mean, I've looked at jet, jetpacks exist. You can buy them. They're worth a lot of money. So these gold, so these, these illegal gold mines are apparently rocking around in like $300,000 jetpacks in the jungle. That is just like, I don't know. It sounds like I thought it's got to be something to do with mining or something. Like I was expecting this. <laughs> but this information has been out for a few days now and I'm... The, the more I think about it, the less I believe it. Illegal rogue gold miners operating jetpacks worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I've had a look into these jetpacks. There's a few. There's a few options there. Very, very expensive. They've got six small jet engines on them. They're incredibly loud, and they run on kerosene and diesel. And this is like the jetpack tech that's available to like the public. This is not what's going on. It, they would say there was a noise. So what's that? Well, who who knows? Um, you know, I did mention that allegedly China has developed tech that is like anti-gravity. And in response to that, apparently, America has developed the same technology and has put patents on this stuff in uh, 2019. Um, like gravitational wave manipulation and all this kind of stuff. I tried to get a handle on it so I could explain it, um, but I didn't get there. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of words that I don't know what they mean. Is America just putting this stuff out to make it look like that's what they're working on when they're, you know, I don't fucking know. But uh, there's that weird stuff. There's not much more we can do with that though. So I'm now, I mean, my, my working hypothesis is that, I mean, this stuff, it sounds like military tech. And so I've been scouring the internet looking for mentions of technology that might have been, you know, being adopted in this vein by the military. And 
I didn't have much luck for a long time, but I came across this and it might be, it might be interesting and relevant. So this is from Insider, Business Insider, 2017. The army is eyeing a personal hoverboard that can reach 10,000 feet. Combat soldiers could one day be taking their exploits to new heights, literally. The Flyboard Air, a hoverboard that can fly its operator in the sky at 10,000 feet, more than seven times the height of the Empire State Building, was recently on display at Lake Havasu in Arizona, where its creator was seen flying it around over the course of several days. Frankie Zapata, this is the inventor. Zapata said he's working with the US Army and how it can use the Flyboard Air. While those details are classified, he did say the Army plans to take to make the boards available to combat soldiers. He last year sold his company, Zapata Racing, to Implant Science, which is the Department of Homeland Security supplier. He uses an independent propulsion unit to fly. That's not currently for sale to the public. These are also much cheaper. These are like... Uh, it says the cost is unknown, but the early, there's an earlier versions that were for sale, um, up to $12,000. There's a picture of it. It looks like it also would be very noisy. What's it called? The flyboard. Yeah. Let's see if we can find anything on YouTube. You see if we can listen to it. See if this could be a stealth alien jungle tech. Okay. You can't fly them over residential areas because of the jet engine noise. It looks like it could be it because it's like a, it's not like a, I mean, you're probably picturing like a skateboard. It's not like that. It's more like a platform, like a podium, flying podium. Interesting. There's a comment here from a, a ex soldier saying, saying, uh, yeah, I honestly can't see a tactical use for, for it for anyone. I'll do some research later today to see why they're eyeing it because it looks like all it'll do is raise you up in the air while you're clearly silhouetted against the sky. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, they'd have to have done some pretty impressive um, modifications to the tech. But, you know, there is an American scientist doing government-funded research uh, in the 90s that published papers claiming to have achieved anti-gravity and she basically published a, a, a really sus paper afterwards claiming that her hypothesis didn't actually work and was impossible and then after publishing that paper left institution she was employed at started her own company gravity proprietary limited something like that and just disappeared uh, but the company's still active. Registration, you know, tax for the name is being paid year on year. Keep it afloat. But uh, nobody knows what happened to this um, woman who invented it. So I'm leaving that one open. The other thing is, uh, you know, saying that, you know, there's something, seems to be something there that's being cloaked. And uh, that's interesting because that technology also exists for the military. It's an article from 2021. Invisibility cloaks are no longer just science fiction. Researchers have already created different iterations of cloaking technology. Cloaking technology or invisibility has been a highly coveted superpower in the realms of science fiction and fantasy. Aliens from distant galaxies, powerful wizards and humble hobbits have used the ability to be invisible in some form or another. Well, 
It looks like we could actually get our hands on the invisibility cloak in the near future. Scientists and private companies are already working on the technology. However, the path to creating the magic cloak technology is not as straightforward as you might think. It's far from perfect. Not only is it difficult to create, there are many different ways to make something invisible. Finding the most viable and useful option is tricky. Uh, do not lose hope. Some researchers, some research and prototypes out there could actually bring an invisibility cloak to the market sooner than you think. Scientists are trying to make a technology that would let you disappear in an instant. A true cloaking device would need to find a way to bend light around a person or object from all directions. But one of the ways they've created cloaking technology is relatively simple. They use cameras to record and project images of what's behind an object onto the person's, onto the object's surface, making it appear like it's not there. Okay, interesting way to go about it. I don't think that's what we're seeing. Because they said that uh, it, looks bl it looks blurry. And you can still kind of see that they're, that they're there. I don't think it would be blurry if it was like a camera projecting a image. Um, there's been a cloaking device called a carpet cloak that's made from specially etched layers of silicon oxide and silicon nitride. Placed over an object, and the etching hides the, the bump of the object under the cloak, making it look like a flat surface. Doesn't sound like that either. Some of the most practical invisibility technology has come from the mines over at Hyperstealth Biotechnology Corporation, the Canadian camouflage company. Uh, Quantum Stealth is what they've called it, um, and it's, it's developed primarily for the military. The quantum stealth can be used to hide military personnel and equipment like tanks and jets in combat. However, that is just the beginning. The invisibility cloak can not only uh, hide or distort objects from onlookers, but conceal them from infrared and ultraviolet images. It uses a lenticular lens, which is a corrugated sheet, which each ridge is made up of an outward curving lens, like a hologram on like an old uh, you know, Pokemon card or something. In particular lens, a row of cylindrical lenses refract light according to the viewing angle. They found a way to arrange the layers of lenticular lenses to create dead spots at certain distances behind the material. When viewed from the front, the object behind the material is not visible, but the background is. It's as thin as paper, cheap to produce, and requires no power. Hmm. cloak might not offer complete invisibility however it still distorts and hides objects well enough that it is very difficult to discern the details of the objects <laughs> this sounds like what they're talking about we still have a ways to go before creating our own invisibility cloak but the technology technological possibility is there yeah so i mean it sounds like this quantum stealth let's see if there's a, a demo This legit looks like what they're describing. Can you see me? My dog can't either. There's my dog. Okay. So this is someone demoing this uh, this thing. And if I'm to describe um, the scene I'm looking at at the moment, it's like there's a lounge room. And in the lounge room, there's a spot where it kind of looks like Nothing's there, but you can tell something's there because it's blurry. This is unusual. Yeah, okay, I get it. So yeah, it kind of just like 
it's bringing light through in such a way that it's like grabbing the background above you and and having it appear at the level. Yeah, okay. This sounds like what it is. Like, and, uh, and you know, it's light, it's thin as paper. Is it crazy to think that perhaps this is some kind of American military thing and they were, you know, maybe these two events aren't like directly related, but they're testing some kind of craft out on, out in, in you know, at the back of Las Vegas near one of those bases. You crash, you end up in someone's backyard or whatever. It's top secret tech. You don't want anyone to know about it. You have no way to be able to explain it if you did. You know, you've, you've probably just got the quantum stealth cloak on board and you just get out and drape it over whatever you got until you can clean it up and get it out there in the commotion. Hmm. Okay. Plus, I mean, wild but somewhat plausible theory. Uh, however, it doesn't account for the supposed uh, aliens being seen. Um, you know, dress rehearsal, maybe I don't. Pff, that's a bit of a stretch. So I don't, I don't fucking know. You know, it sounds it sounds like something, though. Maybe it's some kind of hallucination. Maybe in Angel's case in Las Vegas, perhaps there's a weapon or something that can induce some kind of hallucination. You can kind of think you're seeing that. I don't know. But also, you know, they did mention both times that they, but there was, they were in suits. So could be part of the suit. How could you explain the Peru one? I wouldn't, I, you know, you wouldn't think that it's like the Peruvian military with this kind of tech. That it might be. But I don't know. It sounds like the levitating foot things. It sounds like American military tech. So I think if we want to get a full understanding of the situation in Peru, we need to understand what is going on in Peru at the moment outside of this. And it does put a whole different slant on things because uh, in Peru, you've got the bulk of the, of the population, uh, the urbanized population, you know, in these urban areas along the coast. And then you've got these indigenous populations scattered through the jungle, large indigenous populations, but like they're, they're, you know, more inland. And there's a, there's two very different worlds and Lima being the capital, you've got the power concentrated in Lima. So it's always this like, you know, corporate friendly city focused government in Peru. This new guy gets in who grew up in the jungle, very popular with the people that live in the inland areas. So he gets in and everyone else in Lima does not want him there. Couldn't get anything through. And he ended up, like survived two votes of no confidence. And then finally a third one um, went through. And December last year, he was removed from office and in his place was put a right-wing politician that only won about 6% of the vote. So since December, there has been unrest brewing in Peru. So went on Google and I've searched US Army Peru. And the first result, naked capitalism. Why are US military personnel heading to Peru? May 26, 2023. 
The ostensible goal of the operation is to provide support and assistance to the special operations of the Joint Command of the Armed Forces and the National Police of Peru, including regions recently engulfed in violence. Goes on to say, Unbeknown, it seems to most people in Peru and the US, uh, US military personnel will soon be landing in Peru. The plenary session of Peru's Congress last Thursday authorised the entry of US troops onto Peruvian soil with the ostensible purpose of carrying out cooperation activities with Peru's armed forces and national police. The number of US soldiers involved has not been officially disclosed, though a recent statement by Mexico's president, who is currently person non grata in Peru, suggests it could be around 700. The cooperation and training activities will take place across a wide swath of territory, including Lima, Calao, Loreto, San Martin, Juanuco, Yucayali, Pasco, Wunin, Pansavelica, Iquitos, Pucusana, Aparimac, Cusco, and Ayachuco. Okay. So, they're in the area. It just goes on to talk about the protests for a bit, and then said that the protesters have demands, like releasing uh, the... They've got the former president is in jail, so they want him out of jail and a new election. Um, needless to say, none of these demands have been met. Instead, Peru's security forces, which include 140,000 mobilized soldiers, unleashed a brutal crackdown that culminated in the deaths of approximately seven people. Uh, Amnesty International did a report on the incident and drew the following assessment Since the beginning of the massive protests in different areas of the country, the Army and National Police of Peru have unlawfully fired lethal weapons and used other less lethal weapons indiscriminately against the population, especially against Indigenous people and rural farm workers during the repression of protests constituting widespread attacks. As soon as possible next week, an indeterminate number of US military personnel will be joining the fracas, according to news website La Lupa. The purported goal of their visit is to provide support and assistance to the special operations of the Joint Command of the Armed Forces and National Police of Peru during two periods spanning a total of seven months, from June 1 to September 30, then from October 1 to December 30. Secretary of the Commission for National Defence, Internal Order, Alternative Development and the Fight Against Drugs, Alfredo Azurin, was at pains to stress that there are no plans for the US to set up a military base in Peru and it will not affect national sovereignty. The de facto government and Congress are treating the arrival of US troops as a perfectly routine event. It's true that the US military has long held a presence in Peru. Uh, for example, in 2017, US personnel took part in military exercises held jointly with Colombia, Peru and Brazil in the triple borderland of the Amazon region. Uh, out of curiosity, let's have a look at the map. Where is Iquitos? And, okay, there's Iquitos. And said so it happened up here. Okay. I mean, if you were to hear somewhere described as the triple borderland of the Amazon region, and they just give you a blank map of Peru and say what bit is the triple borderland of the Amazon region, the exact spot that you would put your finger on to say it would probably be here is, that is the area that it happened. 
So that's where they were doing joint exercises in 2017 with uh, Colombia, Peru, and Brazil. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they were practicing being aliens, <laughs> but it is interesting because, you know, if you're going to navigate the jungle, you got to know the area. You'd have to know that bit of the jungle to be able to fly through it with fucking jetpacks. They also, also the Navy operate the U.S. Navy operates a biosafety level three biomedical research lab close to Lima. There you go. This guy goes on to say the timing of the operation raises serious questions. After all, Peru is currently under the control of an unelected government that is heavily supported by Washington, but overwhelmingly rejected by the Peruvian people. The crackdown on protests. Um, by the country's security forces, the same security forces that the U.S. military personnel will soon be joining, led to dozens of deaths. The Congress is refusing to call new elections in the defiance of public opinion. Just days ago, the Supreme Court issued a ruling that some legal scholars have interpreted as essentially criminalizing political protest. As Peru's civilian institutions fight amongst themselves, Peru's armed forces, the last remaining backbone in the country, according to Mexican geopolitical analyst Alfredo Jalife has taken firm control, and lest we forget, Peru is home to some of the very same minerals that the U.S. military has identified as strategically important to U.S. national security interests, including lithium. Also, as I noted in my June 22, 2021 piece, is another military coup brewing in Peru. Whilst their largest trading partner is China, its political institutions like those of Colombia and Chile remain tethered to U.S. policy interests. Okay. It is in the, what's called the Lithium Triangle. In an address to the Atlantic Council, on January 19, General Laura Richardson, head of the U.S. Southern Command, spoke gushingly of Latin America's rich deposits of rare earth elements, the Lithium Triangle, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, the largest oil reserves and light sweet crude discovered off Guyana, Venezuela's oil, copper, oil, copper, gold, and the fact that Latin America is home to 31% of the world's fresh water in this region. She also detailed how Washington is, uh, together with the U.S. Southern Command, is actively negotiating the sale of lithium in the lithium triangle to U.S. companies through its web of embassies, with the goal of boxing out U.S. adversaries. Concluding with the ominous words, this region matters. It has a lot to do with national security, and we need to step up our game. Which begs the question, is this the first step of the US government and militaries stepping up the game process? Okie dokie. It looks like this is just like a syndicated article. It's the same thing on a bunch of websites, just uh, in announcing they're heading to Peru. Um, they've recently also, before the coup, put a CIA guy in as the ambassador just before the coup. Hmm. So, okay. So we've got something seems to have crashed outside of a series of secret military bases that have been rumored to be working on, you know, future technology, all kinds of crazy, never seen before stuff for decades. Something crashes right near there. There's that. That's the Las Vegas incident. And then a couple months later, very similar descriptions coming out of peru where the u.s military just so happens to be smack bang in the middle of a three-month 
operation with the Peruvian special forces whilst they're trying to quell unrest with the indigenous population working in the exact area that this happened. While this is happening, the villagers are calling for the military to come in and investigate what's going on. And it was the Brazilian military that actually investigated. Well, that was what was, was reported anyway. No mention of any help from the US. I didn't even really think of that. <laughs> but as I'm reading this article out, I've just had a notification come through on my phone. Reuters. Peru announces air security pact with United States after extended pause. So, you know, the United States military is there working with them. They didn't help in this crisis. That was big news. The Brazilian military randomly helped, but they're cooperating. They cooperated enough for them to go sign a air defense pact. Also, not saying it's relevant, but um, they just signed a agreement with the uh, Space Force, the US Space Force as well. Both of these incidents, quote unquote alien encounters, have involved descriptions of a technology that is and is most likely uh, military tech, this cloaking thing, and the other foreign technology that is described sounds like something that the that we can see the military has been you know, working on trying to create for um for decades okay didn't expect to be here at the end of this expected to find some some like i thought maybe we'd find some like i am people or something which there was a couple of them but i didn't even bother mentioning them because they're not really uh, of note Instead, we're, um, we're at the military, and the place just happens to be littered with lithium, which America needs. Hmm. Okie dokie. One more thing that I did say I'm inclined to believe that there is some kind of crash retrieval program, as is uh, alleged in the stuff that's going on in Congress in the U.S., and this is why I uh, grew up in southeastern Melbourne, in Berwick, the um, Narry Warren north side of, uh, of Berwick, if that makes sense, out towards the hills. So it's very interesting when I came across the Westall in summer school in, in Melbourne. Westall's near like Springvale. A craft land on a, the school oval on a school day seen by like plenty of kids and uh the story goes that the military arrived like before anyone else after the kids alerted the teachers and the teachers called the, the police or whatever and the military arrived before anyone even got there and it was i think the quote was like it like they'd like they'd been following it and uh the witnesses the kids all describe camouflage military vehicles coming but the australian military didn't actually have didn't actually use that like american style camouflage vehicles at that point i just found that was interesting i thought that was it for you know that kind of stuff in my neck of the woods wrong came across this story 
a uh, it's about a woman apparently famous uh, like abductee UFO incidents. She released a book in 1996 called Encounter um, about her abduction story. Anyway, the story goes. 1993, Mrs. Cahill and her husband were driving along Belgrave Hallam Road in Nary Warren on the fate, that fateful winter's night in 1993. They were on route to a friend's house when Mrs. Cahill saw in a paddock a row of five or six large orange lights on a distinct circular shape like nothing I'd ever seen before, she wrote in her book. When they arrived at their destination, they laughed it off. But about midnight, driving home the same road, they saw what they believed to be the same lights hanging above the road. Flew off at incredible speed, but soon after they saw it again on a in a paddock on the side of the road. Then she had a memory blank, and then through hypnosis, she was able to recall this abduction story. Um, and that's right around the corner from the, the house I grew up in. At the time, I was living there. That's crazy. I can't believe I've never heard of that. I was so shocked that I'd never heard of this before that I sent it to a friend. Who sent me back two newspaper clippings from the local news, from the Berwick News, the local paper, from 2001. So 31st of May, Berwick News, local paper, UFO cover-up, crash site, dis crash site discovered during shopping centre construction. Builders working on the Fountain Gate shopping centre claim to have uncovered the remains of what appeared to be of what appears to be a UFO. Construction was halted yesterday as unidentified officials moved in to seal off the site. A government source would not confirm that a UFO and alien remains had been found, but construction workers said they had never seen anything like the artefacts they discovered. One worker who did not wish to be identified accused the government of a cover-up. And then two weeks later, Fountain Gate aliens. Since the aliens' findings report 30th and 31st of May, there have been further developments. The owners of the Fountain Gate Hotel, where the building and renovations are occurring, have been contacted by representatives of the workmen to express concerns about possible contamination of the site due to alien activity. <laughs> and it says, independent studies and reports show that these fears are groundless. Further reports of possible sightings have been sent to the hotel, and these reports have been passed to the appropriate authorities. Who are the appropriate authorities? Oh. I had a friend growing up. I don't know if I should get specific. Let's just say he had very close family contacts with the uh, the highest of authority in the Nary Warren Police Department. And he is the most avid UFO guy I've ever met. Um, always has been. All into the paranormal. So into it. Um... People wishing to view the sites are not asked to approach the worksite or talk to the workmen. Or are asked not to approach the worksite or talk to the workmen. Viewing of the site is possible from the bus station above the site, but this time all that can be seen is the development in full swing. We've made representations to authorities in return of artifacts, for return of artifacts, so they can be displayed for viewing at the new hotel, and we'll keep you informed. If you have information on sightings, could you drop a line to aliens? P.O. Box 2129, Fountain Gate, Victoria. Okay. Firstly, like, I mean, I was, you know, I was young, but I was in high school, and I was hanging out at Fountain Gate Shopping Centre, walking past that construction site, because it's right next to the movies. You have to walk past it to get to the movies. And I was just like, you know, going to the movies with my friends there every weekend. That's crazy. I brought this up to another friend. 
I was like, how did I never know this? And the guy was like, remember how the pub had like an alien theme for ages? I don't remember that at all. And then uh, I mentioned it to another friend and he was like, oh, is that why I used to have alien stuff everywhere? I still have no recollection of the alien stuff. And the other thing is I've seen weird shit around there. It's quite, I mean, it's like semi-rural, but it's like, you know, it's built up. It's not like there's just bushland everywhere. It's just like big properties in that whole section. But I've seen weird shit there in the sky. Lights. Doing weird things in the sky. So I guess the last thing I'll say is I, I had a phase a long time ago where uh, I got really into the UFO thing. One day, I asked myself, why do these things have lights? And I could not find a satisfactory answer. And from that point on, I could never, never seriously entertain the idea of anomalous lights in the sky being some kind of stealth, uh, like extraterrestrial it makes no sense. We all learned something today, didn't we? Shit is weird out there. Till next time. Adios. And we're back. One last thing. I recording off. I just thought I'd just Google around, see if I could get any more information on this Fountain Gate stuff. There's nothing else out there. But I found this right. So I mentioned that um, I've seen some weird things in that same spot. So I found this like onlymelbourne.com.au. It's like a, you know, like a tourism sort of type site. But it used to have a UFO report section. We received UFO sightings at a, the rate of one a week. And this uh, here is, I don't know if they still do it, but this page I landed on is 2013-2014. Uh, and scrolling down the page, we've got the 4th of May, 2014. And this is from uh, John from Berwick. Around 10.30, I was in the backyard looking towards Cranbourne. What caught my eye was a large ball of light soaring through the, the sky, faster than any plane. It definitely didn't look like any shooting star he's seen before. Then looking in that direction, these orange balls of light in a triangle formation flickering when flickering seemed to be changing colour, took roughly two hours to break formation and disappear. And that is exactly what I've seen. 